Happy New Hunt. Year, everybody. <laughs> Happy 2020. Welcome 2019. to... Tw- this is 2019, 2019, the sequel. No. <laughs> the sweet. Uh, welcome to episode 69 of SDGC for Thursday, January 2nd, 2020. Wow. 2019, too. I said I was... You, you told me. If you're not aware... Super Deformed Gamescast meets right here every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we discuss the latest gaming headlines with a wide variety of panel members and guests. We also do a whole bunch of other stuff as time allows, like a separate show about movies and television, pre-recorded content, and a bi-weekly morning show every other Friday when we remember to do it. If you've been along for the ride so far, welcome home. And if not, hey, feel free to stick around and maybe throw us a subscription. Every single podcast is archived the next day on our YouTube channel for those who like to watch, and you can find us on all major podcast services for those who like to listen. How's everybody's Hi. new year How been so far? Welcome to the new year. <laughs> new year, same us. It's a, it's actually episode 173. Somebody suggested, one of you, I wasn't even listening. No, it was Someone just suggested. you, Reps. <laughs> no, one of you said 69. I didn't make that not up. Me. I don't think of those things. <laughs> not me. That's not Rep, that was just you. It was, no, it was I me. asked what the next episode, what the episode number was. One of you said, one I said 173. I won't gaslight. It was me. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> it was me. I'll own up. I won't gaslight you in this new year. Thank you, Zach. Do you New Year's resolution. Resolution. It's your New Year's Resident Evil, not to gaslight Red. Yep. I can't talk tonight. I don't know why I volunteered to read that intro. I thought you did great. I really Thank did. Thank you. It's my New Year's yeah, resolution to quit doing this, to quit shaving. because. Oh, I thought you might quit the podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's my New Year's resolution to build up the courage to tell y'all I'm fucking done. <laughs> quit live. Just just immediately. Oh, by the way, guys, I'm done Fuck. with all this. And then just yeah. pull the plug. Oh, yeah. God. Hi, everybody in chat. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. I hope so you have entered into the new year with uh, with vigor. So I have, word for it. I have a couple of promises on behalf of SDGC for this new year. Um, oh, boy. Yes. Oh, no. We so, didn't discuss these. I'm no, excited. We have discussed these before, just oh. not on stream. Um, oh, okay. We are going to change um, the services that we use for our calls uh, to get you guys a better and more consistent and more stable uh, video and audio quality experience uh, to make this live show just a little bit less tech issuey. Uh, we still got to run some tests on a couple different um, AOL right? platforms. We're going to AOL. Yeah, definitely AOL. Um, Steve Spawn <laughs> from Able Gamers, thankfully, has given us a couple of avenues to check out, so we're gonna do that. Um, but we're going to we're gonna definitely improve our stability uh, because using Discord has obviously been. A little iffy, um, and it's it's time for some changes, right? We we updated our graphics, um, you know, and it's time for that. Um, next gen Strings, podcast, good idea. Maybe. Next gen podcast, right? For a next gen year. Um, yeah. Well, ray also, yeah. We're well, all gonna go stand. I'm already look. I'm I'm getting ray traced right now. Look at this new camera and everything. Like we're all gonna yeah. go stand in our front yards and yell really loud. <laughs> ah! Welcome to SDGC. Cans with strings. <laughs> Cans with strings. I um. So the cool thing is that uh, while we might be upgrading our tech, we will still be as unprofessional as. Usual. Right, right. We're yeah. not going to stop well, being cool. us. Um, no. Yeah. I also think that our uh, coverage at PAX is going to be um, better this year. I know we all have plans for PAX East. Um, I don't know if West is in the cards. Uh, but we're working that out. But 
um, with new and better gear for interviews and new and better gear for like good photography on site. Uh, we're going to get you guys more pictures, more videos, more good shit um, in a hopefully timelier manner. Yeah, who else um, going to be at East? We should say. Right Zach, now, we... I think the plan, yeah, Zach is out, but me, Justin, John, um, I think Maddie and his girlfriend will be there. Mm -hmm. I believe Finn will be there. Yes, and I am like about 95% sure I'm going to be there. Yeah. It hasn't been made of... You know, we'll find we'll find a way, Zach. One day, we'll find a way. One day, it'll be beautiful. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's that, and um, I think I think we can we can all kind of commit. This is this is a not talked about thing, but I'm gonna throw us on under the bus a little bit. We can oh, commit yeah. to a little bit more like pre-recorded stuff. Um, I think we enjoy doing these like review discussions and the like, and we haven't really been able to organize to get many of them done especially over the last six months. So like, let's kick it. Bam. I don't know why that's, that's not a kick. That's a punch, but <laughs> you can yeah. tell that we had an extremely in-depth discussion about what we yeah. were going to announce. Yeah. For and I'm not just yelling <laughs> shit right now. So it's no, really you're cool. doing good. It's really cool. Um, the energy in this podcast right now is that we're all hungover and none of us are, which is yeah. really, <laughs> really cool. Yeah. I'm working I was on it. I hungover yesterday. Yeah. That's why I'm not drinking tonight because I need to, hey. I need to drink what I need to get. You know what? And actually, right. I preach you get the hydrated? hydration. I preach the hydration gospel on a regular basis. And let me tell you, on the morning of New Year's Eve, I woke up and I got so I got this nice bottle of water. I don't know how much water is uh -huh. in it. Probably like a normal amount of water for a water bottle, maybe like twelve ounces or something. And I drank yeah. six of these fuckers, six of these wow. throughout That's the day. That's a lot. That's a good wow. number. And I still That's half got a, dozen. a hangover. I still got a hangover. It's less than half and a baker's dozen. It was a bad but... hangover. Hey, should I ask? Can I ask guys a question? <laughs> Sure. Should we talk sure. about video games? We should video talk about some video games. <laughs> no, this is this is this is the hydration Why? podcast. I mean, to be real, if we're being real, this is the hydration I mean, podcast starring Kyle Gatto somehow. Have, we only have like three topics for tonight. Okay. Well then then Reb okay between to... bouts Reb, between bouts of you running to the bathroom as you're trying to vigorously stay hydrated, what video games have you been playing lately? I have played. So I so it was it was Christmas holiday break. Um, I finished Control, which I really, really enjoyed. I've talked about Control multiple times. I actually, no, I talked about it on the morning show because I had just finished the uh, the ashtray maze and how fucking cool it was and how it also was not what I thought it was going to be. Like, I don't want to spoil it because I know some people probably have not played Control, but I will say I thought it was going to be like a really cleverly done puzzle and that's not what it was. And I'm entirely okay that that's not what it was. And also, I had just talented into the ability to, like, psychically throw giant objects, like, right before, like, at the save point right outside of there. And that ended up making it way cooler. So, Control was very good. Um, I have played about 50-plus hours of Stardew Valley over this break for some reason. I don't know. It's great. I still love that game. And I have been playing Divinity Original Sin 2. Um, I've been playing that with Imran actually, and it is fantastic co-op nonsense. Like it's great. It is like playing D and D in a video game. It is the closest. I mean, I haven't played a lot of D and D, but it seems like really, really close to the experience of playing D and D. And it's great. Like the writing is really good. There are just so many weird things you can find and interact with. I have had a fantastic time accidentally being super horny in that game. Nice. <laughs> um, Love to do it. As you do, as you do. Well, I didn't like, okay, 
I made, I'm playing as Lose. Um, and she's this bard enchant, like I play, I'm playing an enchanter. So she's like, oh, if you're playing a bard, character. your character is always horny. Well, but I didn't walk into this. So, I mean, you know me, I'm a very, I was raised a good little Catholic girl and I'm not really <laughs> anymore, but I still have some of those tendencies. Like I don't play games in a chaotic fashion. I like being a nice little hero and doing the right thing and the nice thing all the time. Um, and I'm playing Lose and she's got like a fucking demon in her head. So from, right from the get-go, I'm having these encounters where, like, suddenly the demon takes over and I just get real murdery for about 10 minutes. And that as you do. is, as one does, and that's, like, not how I play the game anyway. So I've sort of been playing, like, just sort of letting things happen and trying things just to sort of, I'm, I'm generally trying to be good, but I'm also, like, trying to have experiences. So I walk into this tavern and this guy, like, starts trying to, like sell me a night with like the best lover in the world and it's only like a hundred gold and a hundred gold in this world is not all that much i mean it's like a little a lot for a, for an in-stay but for an experience like that's not a lot so i right. paid a man no, and who he's very gracious and he asks me if i would prefer a male lover or a female lover as or if a I would good like provider to, would to surprise me and i ask him to surprise me and it ends up being nice. a male lizard a lizard paramour, because lizards are a race in this game. They're like these giant fucking like seven foot tall like lizard folk. Yeah, they're amazing. So uh, my character spends the night with a lizard and it is, first of all, the situation opens with like some very erotic role play. Um, and I just, I just go right in for it. Uh, and then we, we, we take off our clothes. We go to bed together. The, it fades out, fades back in. All my Fireworks. shit's been stolen by this guy's accomplices. Um, wow. So literally all of my shit. Like we have spent... 12 13 some <laughs> hours playing this game i've got all my equipment my weapons all my money all my scrolls all like literally a bunch of keys and pieces of paper that i needed for shit like just gone fucking gone classic classic swindlers trick and yeah, they don't do like there's no i can't fight them because my companions were not allowed to enter the room with me i, I tried to fight them because i'm a magician so i figure i can just who needs armor anyway no they kick the shit out of me i have to flee um they give me like the name of a dude and I have to like go track this dude down and it takes us like several hours to get all my shit back. And in the process of getting all my shit back, I find like a pair of pants and a wardrobe. So I'm just running around in like my bra and a pair of pants this whole time. And while I am still only in a bra and pair of pants, another woman uh, like tries to entice me and she's like, in exchange for a kiss, I'll give you your deepest desire. And I'm like, what the fuck is my deepest desire? And I'm like, I think it's to get this demon out of my head. And she's like, okay, I can't do that. What's your second deepest desire? And I'm like, I want to be smarter. And so I go in, I meet her in like a fucking back Step one, dungeon don't sleep corner. with the lizard. <laughs> I meet her like in a fucking back corner of a dungeon. And it's like, like puddles on the floor. There's a cage with like a skeleton in it. There's like rats running around. This is not a savory place. And she's like this beautiful, like, like a human or elf woman. I didn't like really register, um, but just this beautiful, beautiful woman. And she comes back there and she leans in for the kiss and she turns into a giant fucking spider. And my options are As you to do. yell that she has deceived me and start fighting her or to just kiss her anyway. So I do what any respectable person does in this situation and I kiss the fucking spider. Right. Yeah. And you're, she rewards me with the she rewards me with the gift of knowledge. Hell yeah. Yeah. I get points to I'd my I kiss staff. a spider for the gift of knowledge. Yeah. So in short, Divinity Original Sin 2 is great. Uh, my one complaint is I, someone mentioned it in the chat. 
I tweeted about it this morning. I have a thread if you want to like actually go read that. But basically, it is very much like D&D, but the one thing it suffers from, I think, is not having a flexible DM running the whole game, like actively while you're playing it. Um, I don't like it when games handhold you through quests, obviously, but I also don't like it when they, like, like when they say, okay, here's a chest, you can't open it, it needs a password. And I'm like, okay, so is there some, like, indication on this chest anywhere of, like, what I might be able to do to find this password? Nope, fucking nothing, just no... No hint whatsoever, nothing, no waypoints, no no NPCs. Like, an NPC is standing nearby, but they're not helpful. Like, just no indication whatsoever. And in D&D, there's, like, a DM where if the party is, like, if we're all looking at each other, like, okay, I don't fucking know what this is. And they, we, they just have no idea. Usually the DM is flexible enough to be able to give them, like, a teeny little bit of a hint or to kind of embed that information somewhere in the world around them where they can find it if they're, you know, using Hi, Zeke, if they're using the resources. Divinity doesn't have that, and so it ends up landing on one of two extremes. Either it's like a it's a character going, hey, I need you to do this, and then a fucking flag lands on your map, and you're like, okay, I guess it's over there. That's where we're going, even though we probably, like, could have found it if they just said, oh, it's towards the west near the mountain, and then we would have had, like, a little adventure. Or it's a hint. They, they, there's something you need, but they just don't tell you fucking anything. And I don't like that. I wish there was a little bit of nuance in how it let me solve puzzles because the world is so dense like it's so full of so much shit and there are so many ways to tackle these problems but as someone who's not used to its world i wish that there was just like like with the chest i was talking about earlier i wish there had been like some clue lying nearby that would have been like oh i hear this you know there's this one character who might be able to help you or this this person might be able to, or, you know, if you could find this person, they might be able to help you solve the mystery. And then I would just be on the lookout. Like I would be looking for somebody like that. And so then, oh my God, Zeke. And so the next time I found them, I'd be like, oh, that's the guy I need to find. I got it. So. Right, like, like what you're describing to me, I've only played a little bit of Original Sin 2, but like what you're describing to me almost feels like, I mean, this game, uh, from the little bit I play, like the writing is extremely strong. And it's like, it's so far above other games in its genre that like you can almost feel it's it's I mean what you're describing is like it's really 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 good for a video game but I kind of just wish there was a person with the flexibility which I, I know right like, kind That's of like high barely praise. a complaint it's yeah, barely it's a complaint like, right 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 like yeah it'd be great if actually the writers just sat in my living room while I played yeah um, yeah <laughs> yeah that's sounds, and I have the that internet that's I what D and D is true okay so before we toss to somebody else for what they've been playing Reb I gotta know did you get your shit back oh I got my shit back. Good. Um, and Good. I will I will actually right. conclude this tale. Sorry for spoiling Divinity, but it's like over a year old. Um, it turns out the so I did get a clue for that one. The clue was this guy named Lohar, and I was able to ask around and find out where he is, and I found him. But again, the game just kind of like walked me. Like if I if I again if I'd been playing real D and D, I would have stormed into the fucking room and I'd been like, "Give me my shit back, you bitch dick!" And like he would have given me my shit back. Well, he wouldn't have. We would have had a fight, and that would have been it. That would have been how I wanted to play the situation. But, like, I can't, like, sorry, I was combining two random mean words there. Maybe <laughs> no. that didn't come across well. No, it worked perfectly. No, sorry. No, it was fine. That was, that was basically how I play D&D. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't, I, you can't theoretically, like, walk in any room and just start killing I just people. wasn't but ready I, for it is all. What I wanted was, like, an angry confrontation. I wanted to yell at this guy, but I walked in, and he, he is, like, having somebody else beaten up in front of me. And I, so I'm immediately like, wait, hold on. Do we need to help them? What's happening? And then he starts asking me to do him favors. 
And I'm like, I don't want to do you favors, but that's where the dialogue tree is going. And my only options are to either say yes or no to what he's asking. And what I really want to do is like, okay, I will, I will help you. Can I have my shit back so I can help you better? Because right now I'm literally wearing a bra and some shitty leather pants. I don't think I can go like confront these people for you with a bra and shitty leather leather pants and literally nothing else. The chafing alone. I know. I'm not, I'm not Henry Cavill, but, but anyway. Yeah. So, but it, it turned out that by helping him, after after we had helped him once, we came back and he was and I was like, "Hey, give me my shit back." And he was, "Sure, it's right there. Go ahead." So, sort of disappointing in that regard. <laughs> but otherwise, but again, my worst complaint literally, is that this is the yeah the writers are not sitting in my living room helping. Nothing no. about this story was disappointing. I promise <laughs> you. <laughs> great. Hey, Divinity is great, guys, and it's great. It's an amazing co-op game. Like if you're looking for a game to play with someone else online, locally, whatever, great. Actually, I don't know if it does local, but whatever. Get another. I had, I had no idea it had co-op. Oh, it's great. It's really, really good. I I, yeah, I see, suspect that Imran and I are going to be like prompted to kill one another by the end of the game. Do um, it. so that'll be great. I I didn't know it was co-op either, but I guess it's. I always feel like that's something that would be limited. Like I or I'm. I don't know, like, how, I, I'm so curious, I guess this isn't a question for right now for good podcasting, but I'm so curious how, like, dialogue prompts work in a co-op experience, but, like, that's fascinating to me. Um, it's, it's both, like, like, at first I was frustrated by it, but then I realized that this is exactly how D&D Right. So it's just, whoever starts the dialogue gets the dialogue, and if you're in range, you have, you can click on it, and you can listen in on the conversation, but they're in control of it. So you get all the information. If you're not in range, you don't get the information, but it still shows up in your quest log and you can talk and exchange information. That seems reasonable. Yeah, I think it is too. Like, again, at first it annoyed me because like he's picking up all these quests and I don't know anything about them. And I open up my quest log and start reading them. And then I realize, no, this is how fucking D&D works. Because when our one, when the cleric went to the chapel and picked up like some quest from the guy in there, I didn't know what any of that was about. He had to come back and tell me about it. And that both makes me want to cooperate more but also has this kind of freedom to it where we're in a big town with all this shit going on we're just like okay you go talk to people i'll go talk to people we'll meet in the middle and we'll figure out what's important oh right it's, it's a not- good game guys I'm expecting, God. I'm expecting listen i don't know how i think this is a pretty meaty game i'm expecting follow-ups in subsequent weeks can we absolutely count on that? And, yeah. and listen guys you can be a lizard worship a lizard Follow a lizard or fuck a lizard. I was gonna say, yeah. and apparently, yeah. fucking bang a fuck lizard. Fuck a lizard. <laughs> Derek, Why not? I hear you've been. I hear you've been hanging out with our friends at Treyarch. Oh, um, I have. Pops. So here's here's the deal. I've been continuing <laughs> the usual games, my stream games, Pokemon. Um, I've been. I, I started The Witcher two because here's the thing. I've played the original Witcher and beaten it. I never played Witcher two or three. I'm a weird a human weird, being. The yeah, only Witcher weird... game I played is the one nobody played. Um, but me and Martha watched the show, so I, I decided to, to install Witcher 2 and give it a shot, and I'm enjoying it so far. But the big thing is, in my ongoing marathon of the Call of Duty series campaigns, I so I think I told you all on stream, Advanced Warfare was good. Advanced Warfare was just good. Kevin Spacey being present is a little awkward. But that's mm. life. I think it was before you may we not knew. Miku. It was before, yeah, right? Well, we, we didn't know about Kevin Spacey at the time. I don't think so. I don't blame Sledgehammer for his involvement. Um, 
but it was a good game. I enjoyed it. Mission design was good. The story made sense. Characters were half decent for a Call of Duty. Traversal mechanics and the speed of the game was good. Overall, Advanced Warfare, my favorite Call of Duty so far. But then I hit Black Ops 3. And folks, <laughs> I can't think of a game that came out in the last 10 years. A game that did not suffer from lack of money or time. Okay? <laughs> that is as much of a fucking problem as Black Ops 3. This fucking game. So it's amazing because Black Ops 3 does seem to pretend that there are two games worth of shit that came before it that you need to know. But those games aren't Black Ops 1 and 2. (laughs) What the fuck? The main character is named Player, for Christ's sake. That's not acceptable. That's quite incredible. Like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. They're not just like, like, player's not just something that shows up in your save file. Like, people go, no, hey, player. His, no, his, nobody ever refers to him by name, but when the subtitles pop up, it says player when your character is talking. And oh. that's not good. No. I cannot find an option. No. I never had an option to like put in a character name either. It would literally be better if it had brackets that said you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would have it would have. It would have been so much better. Um it is fucking nonsense. It is an affront. I think they made this game up as they went, which is not even how games work. Um, because characters are changing. I know, and I'm, I'm talking about fucking characters in a Call of Duty game, but bear with me here. Characters are changing personalities mission to mission. Your character and, like, your main buddy character, fucking Hendrix, I think his name is, um, one of you will be, like, loyal to the CIA and the other one will be questioning shit, and then it will switch to the other way around where the other guy is now the super loyal person and you're the one questioning shit. And it just forgets which character is supposed to be in that role of being the guy who refuses to accept. Just it's too, And it's so stupidly edgy. I don't have a problem with edge. I read Berserk and I fucking loved it. But there's like a, a two minute sequence in first person view and very early in the game where a robot just starts ripping your limbs off one by one and like breaking your legs in ways. And I'm just like, fuck yeah. I'm just sitting here as I get brutally dismembered for like two solid minutes. And not even the saw movies are that obsessed (laughs) with this dumb shit. Um, there's a bit where you run into an enemy that you've been dealing with for a good third of the game so far. Um, and in a cutscene, you deal with her in about 20 seconds by holding her head up to some fire and her head begins to melt, uh, which I feel like is an unnecessary amount of violence against just a random woman who's mad. You killed her fucking brother, which you did. I don't know why (laughs) we did it because there's no explanation for a single goddamn thing we've been doing. There should have fucking been. No, I think people. We saw a lot of thinking. This somehow this game didn't get as much shit as it deserved. It's it's like one of the like it is an affront to storytelling, and like it plays bad too. Like Call of Duty, at least like. No, seriously, they they hid the real story. I I don't want to spoil it for Derek. Yeah, don't because I'm gonna hit this shit. and dreams of frustration yeah. from around the goddamn world. Yeah. No, seriously. Like, this game, like, fails on every single level that the series usually does okay with, on top of also being even worse. This <laughs> like, is insulting. Writing-wise and... 
Um, it's an insulting fucking game, and and that says a lot when it when Black Ops Two ended with a random Avenged Sevenfold concert starring the villain and one of the hero characters. It seems so. This was what year? Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Imran says. So it's only four years later, and now isn't Call of Duty trying to pretend it's a very serious war game? Yeah, but I mean, well, to be no, fair, Modern Black Warfare Ops, Black is... Ops, sorry, go ahead, Derek. I was going to say, it sounds like Modern Warfare was dumb in a lot of the ways that Black Ops has been dumb the entire time it's been around. Um, my, my experience has been Infinity War games, Infinity War games have been generally okay the Treyarch games are dumb edgy literally everything i think to make fun of when i make fun of call of duty um and the one sledgehammer game so far advanced warfare was really good which makes me really excited for uh world war ii right because that's the next sledgehammer one um and it was I, pretty good i think they're good. the hidden stars of this also yeah. sam points out black ops 3 is the first black ops game to be made on the three-year cycle instead of the two-year cycle no so i these, think advanced i think advanced advanced well no the first black the first. ops game that oh was. the first oh, black yeah ops one. so that means okay. treyarch had a whole 50 percent extra fucking time to work this shit out and they just <laughs> they just <laughs> all over a plate and said here you fucking go <laughs> Oh no, it's, my god! Like, seriously, I I'm glad Black think, Ops Four didn't have a campaign because it means I don't have to <laughs> fucking experience it. Like seriously, I I'm not playing it right now, but I played it when it came out. Um, and like I seriously think it's the worst thing I've played this generation. And I generally like Call of Duty campaigns. Any other game i've played that has given me such a visceral reaction i could at least temper with the excuse that the team did not have the time or money to really do what they wanted because nobody sets out to make a bad game right and there are tons and tons of barriers it's an it's amazing any game ever gets released to be real with you but black ops 3 had all the money in the world and a longer development cycle than normal. And I got hey. this shit. Hey, Derek, can I give you a quick curveball? Yeah, hit me. Uh, Black Ops 4 actually has these little mini... Don't uh, fucking do this to yeah. me. <laughs> no, yeah, buddy. So they have these like little mini challenges things. And they have narrative... Uh, they have cutscenes in between. So you are going to have to play them. They do have some of the characters from Black Ops 3 in them. Um, there's, I wish I remember the exact line, uh, but I think there's a, a line from Mason in Black Ops 4 that reserves to hot chopped salad. I don't remember the exact line. It's bizarre. You need to play it. Uh, it's got story, so I think you have to play Black Ops 4 now. <laughs> I don't make the rules. I just remind you of them. Also, well, Derek, also, hey, Derek, Derek, here's one more little piece of information that you yeah. should know about Black Ops 3. It's by far the longest of ever any Call of Duty campaign. No. So hang on. Hang uh, on. The silver lining, I guess, is that it doesn't get worse. No. Like, hang on. It's true. So the, I no, just, actually, he has true. Infinite Warfare next, which is actually one of my favorites. I, just shot, I think he'll like it a lot. Justin, oh, I thought you were, you said actually. I thought you were about to tell it. 
Oh no, no. So then I'm no, like, no, what he, could possibly be worse about it? He has he has something to look forward to at the end of this. Justin, that's good, that's good. I just shot a bunch of direwolves in World War II, and I hate to break it to Treyarch, but direwolves aren't that's not a term for big wolves. Yeah, that's a specific <laughs> fantasy thing for like Dungeons and Dragons, I think, made up dire animals. They're gonna have like unicorns and they're just gonna be like large white yeah. horses. I don't Derek, think they understand. Derek, it gets dumber. I'm not kidding. How it much more? Dumber. How far in am I if I fought You're dire like wolves? You're like halfway. No! <laughs> I thought I was hey, like well, 80% of the way through this shit. It's like 15 hours long. No! Oh, no. Why did they <laughs> use all this time like more than to make it last more time? While, while Derek, as a typical campaign. <laughs> while Derek grapples with his own mortality, <laughs> Justin, what have you been playing? Well, I, I have been playing uh, Call of Duty myself. I've been playing Modern Warfare. A better uh, one, it, thank God. I played it with um, played it with Zach the other day. Yeah. Um, because it actually has a very good implementation of crossplay, which is very nice. Um, yeah, it's cool. Uh, I've been doing uh, Ring Fit, which still. I've done it multiple times, and I'm still taken aback at how much that thing kicks my ass. Um, you should check it out. It's a really, really fun, um, good workout. Has and, that, uh, have you been using it as like a like a regular, like scheduled thing, like you do every X days or whatever? I've been trying so to. Not to but, interrogate you about your workout. I'm curious as to how it feels when you do that. I've been trying to, but like with holiday, yeah, like, rec, um, you know, December family fun. stuff, and yeah. I've been sick the past couple days, so. You know, I haven't been able to do as regularly as possible. I'm gonna try to get into a regular, more Let regular. Let me know when you do. I, I definitely want to hear about how it. Holds. Um, and also, I started Assassin's Creed Odyssey the other day. Um, there's a really, really mm -hmm. deep discount on PSN right now that I think goes for a couple more days. It was the hundred dollar edition of the game for twenty five bucks, which includes all the DLC, uh, the remasters of three and Liberation. <laughs> Um, and so I figured I'd check it out. I played Origins, which is a game I really liked, and I played for 50 hours and was not near the end and then just kind of stopped. <laughs> um, and everybody was telling me Odyssey was, uh, is even longer, which kind of scared me off, but I have time right now, <laughs> and it was a good deal, so I wanted to check it out. Are you playing as, ba uh, sorry, not Bayek, that's, uh, Origins. Are you playing as Cassandra? Yes, I Good I swear man. I've never seen any. I haven't heard anybody give impressions of Alexios. I've never seen anybody post a screenshot of playing as Alexios. Like no, nope. like, like you're able to. I don't know anybody who has done I mean, it. You're able to, but have you seen Cassandra's forearms, Justin? I mean, I mean I not. <laughs> Have you listened to her voice? Like, I might or might yeah. not want her to choke me. I don't know. Yeah. God. Um, I'm not into that, game? but the right person, I, the right I'm forearms. I'm enjoying it so far. Um, I do like how... Uh, I do like the added like dialogue options and stuff that they have in this one. Uh, it allows for a bit more personality and stuff, which is something I feel like the Assassin's Creed games have kind of lacked in the past. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I'm really enjoying it so far. 
I felt like that game had like somewhere between Origins and Odyssey is my is like my perfect game. Like I liked the open ended dialogue and, and and relationship stuff that was in Odyssey, but I felt like Bayek was maybe a more like yeah I, character to me. Bayek is I, a I thought I thought Bayek was really cool. I think Bayek is probably one of the strongest characters. Yeah. Um, in he's, in any UB game in a while. Um, yeah, they he's like, what if cops character? weren't garbage? Is yeah. basically Bayek's character. <laughs> um dude just has a wife and wants justice like that's great yeah <laughs> yeah literally a community yeah a community i thought he was uh, also just a very cool character design and i liked the egypt setting a lot too yeah sorry have to throw this in here we are definitely beating up all the magic cops in division two no magic cops no magic yeah i don't no know we don't, we don't tolerate it fuck yeah that's where i'm at i don't know um, I, I think I'm going to just keep it brief with what I've been playing. I play a little bit of Modern Warfare. I've been trying to get back into it because I spent money on it at launch, then haven't really touched it. Uh, I bought, uh, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair on Xbox last week. It was free on Epic Games for the other day, which is just a really sweet ass way to start the year. Um. It's like one of the best platformers maybe ever made. And yeah, it was just fucking casually good. free. Yeah, it's like relatively new. Um, otherwise, uh, I'm playing Insurgency Sandstorm. I really like that game a lot. Can it's you, just like, can you actually back up? So you do you did yeah. you like did, did you like it? Impossible Lair is very good. It is like Donkey Kong really? Country. The original ukulele was not good. I tried. Yeah, the original game. No, I, well, I didn't like the original either, but I tried Impossible Lair, and I just... And you didn't like it? Didn't I resonate? bounced real hard off of it, and I love Tropical Freeze, which everyone told me I would love this. I don't like Tropical Freeze, but I like Impossible Lair. Your hmm. tastes are valid, Reb. It's okay. Yeah. What do you like, like about it? What do you like about it? Uh, I liked... Uh, I played a lot of uh, Donkey Kong Country. Like, a lot, mm -hmm. a lot on the on my brother's Game Boy SP. Uh, if for some reason a lot of this feels like super super resonant and and I don't know I mean it, like it's like it's like if I hadn't played that as a as a kid and like there wasn't like a little special part of me that liked that I don't know if I would like it as much but like part of me is like oh this is fun like it just I don't know it feels like it feels like a, a reskin of something I liked a long okay. time ago. Okay, that's fair. Sorry to stop you and make you back. No, up no, like it's it. good. I mean it. I don't know. I mean it's it's like it's like. This is maybe a spicy take. It's like the Spyro or Crash Bandicoot things. Like, 2019 standards are not good, but they're good for, like, what they're trying to re oh, reignite. I don't know. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Impossible Lair looks a lot better to me than the, fir the first one did. Well, it's it's actually scoped down, in my opinion. Um, that probably but, helps. But, also, but, like, even yeah. the art style and everything looks a whole lot more cohesive and well-executed. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true, and like I think they actually have like a smart take on the the kind of hub world that you kind of navigate. It actually kind of reminds me of Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, it's cool. I only played a couple levels of it before I went on vacation. Otherwise, I played Mario Party uh, on the on the Switch. That game does not have enough game boards, and I no. actually think it's easier than it used to be. But it's very cute, and I like it. And it's a and ton it's... of fun, and you can fuck over friends and uh, destroy friendships, and it's all that I need. Yeah, I played it over the holiday with family, and they were not good sports, and it kind of soured oh, me on it. Oh, <laughs> no, that's no fun. Yeah. It's weird. It's also strange. That game has four game boards. Nintendo kind of dropped needed, the ball on that it one. It needed huh? a couple more, for sure. It needed, it, like, yeah. two more. This is the one that doesn't have online play, right? Well, wait, it has online play, but it's only select few mini games. Uh, mini games. Yeah, you can't play them. Mario Party online. No. Right. 
Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, I sure. I understand why because like the spirit of Mario Party is being in a room together, but also why not just give people the option? Yeah. I I hear you, but I feel like people would like to watch us play Mario. Like I feel like people would like it. That's true. Yeah. People would love to watch That's us true. play Mario streamers, Party. but Nintendo doesn't care about streamers. Super um, Mario Party Two needs to be more and better in online, and then we can have Mario Party nights with SDGC. How great would that be? I wish Nintendo would give us like. So I love the original, like the first three Mario parties and yeah. the ones where you like had to burn a hole yes. and like yes. Yes. stick or whatever. And I think like the thing that I loved about them was they were very simple. Like they got, they got really complex with like the weird gimmicks and stuff they threw on the different boards. I just want the whole thing where it's like, get 20 coins, get a star, most stars wins, most coins wins after that. And then a shit ton of cool mini games. And they've been doing better on the cool mini games front, especially now that they have like the joy cons and the cool motion control shit and the vibration and all, all the other things they can do. Um, but I would, I would really like to have like a much, like a much simpler Mario party, but with like a lot of boards, a lot of mini games yeah. and yeah. a lot of characters. Well, and I guess, I guess the one thing, Justin, go ahead. Sorry. And then I'll, I'll I, Sorry, I just had an idea for a game that needs to exist. Okay. Wario Party, where it's like WarioWare minigames, but like oh. on a Mario Party board. Yeah, and it's just like Wario, Wario jumping in and like messing with you sometimes. Yeah. Like Give Bowser time in the in yeah. the older games. He just jumps in and is like, no, I'm just going to like turn the board upside down and you're all dead. I want like I, I love like WarioWare so much. Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 need, I need more WarioWare. Give me. So I guess... I just, I just have two things. One is like, I think there's like maybe one or two, like there's four boards total in the game, which again, way too few. Uh, but also there's only like one or two that feel really, really like throwbacky in terms of like, hey, this is a pretty simple board. You generally go in a square. Um, but the Surprise! other thing is- It's Dan. Looks, looks like John is trying to call in. Uh, the other thing I would say is that this Mario, Super Mario Party uh, kind of brings up the most common criticism that I have of, of a lot of Nintendo games this gen, which is just that um, I find that forced motion controls are a really inaccessible way for people to play um and i'm kind of like it's like it's like they have extremely simple controls uh but i i just feel like like i i wanted to play on the airplane and i'm not gonna go like this on an airplane <laughs> so I, it's I just feel, not happening that's because you're like, a coward <laughs> apparently i feel like the wii era kind of like distorted nintendo's view of what accessibility is because like when the wii came out there were so many stories about like elderly people that hadn't been able to play games before yeah. playing like wii sports and stuff and so i think nintendo seems to believe that putting in motion controls is accessibility when it's no, not you need both yeah both um, things. yeah and that's kind of the um and that's kind of the, th the thing, and I, it's it's one of those lessons that's going to take Nintendo way too Motion long. Motion controls to is literally out. reverse accessibility, honestly. And, and you guys, but you guys are so right because like ninety five percent of of Super Mario Party is actually extremely accessible. It's like one button prompt and like occasionally a directional thing, and it's like mostly at your own pace. Like it's press A to do this thing. I mean, but then there's a quick, there's a couple mini games you have to like spam the A button, and then obviously the things where you have to like you know, churn butter, etc. I don't think churning butter is an actual uh, minigame, but like, Why not? it's basically that just, it's basically that gesticulation. One, two, switch had milking a cow. Is that what you're thinking? It, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, honestly, that's a lot of what the motion control minigames are uh, in Super Mario Party. But yeah, I've been playing a lot of that. I want there to be more. I want to play my SCGC buddies, but Nintendo is kind of dropping the ball on whoever, whoever told John, oh. I was just going to say, I've ever told y'all the story about me getting caught milking the cow in one, two, switch at work. 
Uh, I think no. you may have told me. I've heard stories about about milking in one two switch, but that's about it. <laughs> so um, heard stories about Maddie. Right after, this, it was this, a Maddie. Dem yeah, Maddie. Maddie Look wants you to look him in the fucking eye <laughs> when he's when you're milking. So this will be this will be real quick, and then we can move on. I'm sorry, but um, I this is right after the switch came out, and I had one two switch, and I brought it into work, and me and a guy at work. Uh, and for context, I work at a news station. Um, our, in our downtime, we're playing 1-2-Switch, and we're actually playing the cow milking game. So we're sitting there doing the competitive cow milking against each other, and um, the director for the 10 p.m. news comes in. This guy named Angelo. Uh, he is a very tall, very lanky, very black um, older man. And he comes in and sees these two fucking white 20-somethings just... <laughs> at each other as the screen on the switch is like doing the cow milking thing and we turn to him and he's giving us this look like hey guys I, uh, and I'm just like this is what white people do for fun Angelo <laughs> is the only defense that comes to mind and he goes okay and he just turns around and walks out <laughs> that's, that's it that's all I got Let's move on to John and his fucking Vita. His magical yeah, Vita. Yeah, what are you playing on Vita, John? Dude, so Sorry, much. I'm, I'm having a, I'm, I'm You're having a hard a, night, um, I know. Tell us about Bahamut Lagoon. This is the first time you've played it, right? This is the first time I've ever played Bahamut Lagoon. Dude, I love so... Bahamut Lagoon so much. Because it's I my favorite play... restaurant. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> <laughs> so, so, if you... Um, if you know anything about me, uh, and you know anything about Bahamut Lagoon, that game is basically exactly my fucking Bahamut shit. Like, yeah, it is. Just Google, Bahamut literally Lagoon. Google, Google Bahamut Lagoon. Bahamut Lagoon. Look at images of Bahamut <laughs> Lagoon. Super Nintendo Square Bahamut RPG. Like Bahamut Lagoon. Bahamut Lagoon. Bahamut Lagoon. I... What the fuck? <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I'm the one who's been drinking. So while Rob gets back up, uh, I actually tried to play that kid, that game as a kid, and uh... we lost him. Oh, oh. sorry, oh, I, back. I know I was laughing so hard I hit the leave call button. <laughs> <laughs> Bahamut Lagoon, Bahamut Lagoon, Bahamut Lagoon. Like, so, so basically, Bahamut Lagoon Bahamut is. Bahamut Lagoon. Okay, I'm done. Continue. All right, so uh, I want to tell you a little bit about Bahamut Lagoon. Yes! Just like that. Yeah, I love the so, ASMR, John. Basically, Excellent. basically, Bahamut Lagoon came at the tail end of the Super Nintendo's life cycle. And the reason it wasn't localized in the States is because they wanted to put all their focus on Final Fantasy VII and PlayStation titles. So it never came here. But now I've unlocked the full potential of my Vita. And the got... way you're talking makes <laughs> my throat. So, so, so basically what I did was um, I got an English translation of Bahamut Lagoon, and it's fucking awesome. I'm about five hours in. Uh, it's exactly what I wanted. I've been playing a bunch of, um, and I'm, by the way, I'm really like 
stunned this hasn't been localized yet because it's fucking great this this game rules especially uh, originally this was final fantasy tactics for anybody who doesn't know um this was the original final fantasy tactics game that changed obviously later in development but this was intended to be their their tactics game uh game but i've also been playing shit what's that the game rocks shit the game's fucking awesome yeah it, it's great uh and i've also been playing a lot of older games uh that i have not played in a while like uh valkyrie profile which is an incredible uh ps1 rpg um valkyrie profile is great i've also been playing einhander which is one of the best side scrolling uh shoot 'em ups ever uh i've been playing uh suikin and two like i i am playing comfort food games right now uh and having a great time doing it that's what i'm I doing right now I'm I with you, I, t- I said at the beginning of the podcast, I've played like 50 hours of Stardew Valley over break, so I hear you on the comfort food game. Look at that dog. Oh, my God. Look at that great dog. Twiggy wow. is... We don't deserve Twiggy, actually. Twiggy. That's a I big wanna, dog. I want to point out something that, that Imran said in chat. He said, speaking of your shit, John, play Scarlet Graces. That's a saga game. I've heard a lot of good things about that, actually. It doesn't... Hmm. So I, I tried to play... Um, Bahamut Lagoon when I was in like high school and like grabbing emulators and stuff. Bahamut Lagoon. And I, uh, the version I downloaded had like some fan translation that was like the most like edgelord shit. Of course it did. Like it was just putting a whole bunch of swears and stuff into it. I could hardly follow the actual like storyline, but there was a lot of swearing. And so. So I stopped because it, it oh. wasn't good. Well, so I've got a li- I so I've got a good English <laughs> I assume you've got a proper one, John. I've got a re- I've got a really good English translation. Um it's uh there's like and there's you have to feed your dragons and keep them happy, Reb. That might be something that you would be into. Uh your dragons will get hungry and they'll they'll like they'll like roar they'll, they'll be they'll be like, and when they're hungry and you got to go feed them and depending on what's that noise the, like, yeah you know like like yeah, i can't do a fucking i can't do a hungry i can't do a hungry sad dragon noise okay but but what i will tell you is that if you like their mood will change depending on what you feed them uh and so get, like me but exactly rev exactly but also also if you feed them too many sweets they'll get too attached to you and they won't want to go into battle so you have to actually like manage the types of food that you feed your dragons or they'll love you too much and they won't want to they won't want to go off and fight because they just want to stay near you and get more you food. don't want to play this game you can I feed them all and keep them close to me and never fight you That's can feed the them game. porno mags as well yeah, uh, a shopkeeper Why? was selling a shop. One of the items in one of the stores was porno mag, and like the 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 effect is you put your enemies no in shame sleep, which is weird because you would think that like a porno mag would have the opposite effect on somebody. Like, you don't, I don't get know, tired after? All right, never mind. What? <laughs> Bad. <laughs> anyway, <Sorry>. what? <laughs> Aside from what I've been playing, have we gotten into the predictions yet? What have no. I missed? We haven't. We haven't. All right. Well, before we get to predictions, I want to go over our actual one one news. Bit of, yeah, we have one news item. One and news. actually just one, happened today. One. I yeah, and we're gonna keep it quick. Uh, so we're gonna talk about Vince Sampella. It was an LA Times piece, uh, profile of Vince Sampella, uh, formerly King Shit of Respawn, now King Partial King Shit, maybe Prince Shit of EA. Uh, he's gotten more responsibilities. He's doing uh, some more stuff uh, behind the scenes in terms of broadening out, basically being brought up into a more leadership role at EA, uh, which is kind of a quick turnaround considering that studio was just picked up by EA. Is it formally in 2017 or 2018? 
Does anyone know? I want to say it was 2017. 17. 17. 2017? 17. Yeah, so, but basically, I mean, it's, it's been a huge couple years for Respawn. They've put out four games this generation, all of them scoring really well with uh, uh, fans and critics. Uh, so it's not totally surprising to see that studio doing well under that leadership. And good labor um, practices. And, and and good labor practices from what we from what we know yeah um but basically the the thing is profiling this the longevity of his career and where he's going next but i think the big the big thing there uh is the way he is being brought into kind of helm new creative uh creative endeavors at uh, uh dice la dice la formerly uh previously had been doing kind of a, a support role for dice stockholm in uh battlefield hardline battlefield 4 battlefield 1 battlefield 5 and battlefront 2 and that was in terms of like helping them squash bugs and support the game, but also bring in new content. Uh, but with Vince coming on board, they're actually going to be making their own games now. They're going, they're kind of uh, ditching. They used to be Danger Close, and then they became Dice LA Support Studio. Now they're going back to making their own games, which is kind of wild. And it's interesting to see Dice kind of lose that support and favor from EA. They have an um, original unannounced game they're working yeah. on. Yeah, oh, I miss that. And part. I think says the yeah. LA Times. He kind of hints at it. He does. He's like, and no, maybe something he's, else. He's uh, well. He says. He says. No, the and maybe something else is about then, uh, respawn. Oh. That wasn't oh, okay. Dice LA is confirmed to be working on their yes. own on a new yeah, but, unannounced so, original. Some and and the thing is, he said they're they're also changing their name. He's like, yeah, yes. we're probably gonna we're probably gonna rebrand. They're gonna um, drop but, the dice thing. Yeah, but, and but they're also not gonna be another. Sorry, I'm. I'm Right. No, 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 you're totally fine. But speaking of dropping the dice, that's the perfect way to frame it. Uh, <laughs> because in 2006, dice actually was acquired by EA uh, for, for, I was looking this up to try to prepare for this, for only $24 million, which seems kind of low by modern standards, considering what they had done in that time. Considering the um, money that, that EA has, has made off of the Battlefield series, like... Yeah. Well, yeah. so in basically, in basically a decade, uh, a little bit more, uh, uh, EA had acquired Dice and then said, "Wow, you guys are really good at doing what you're doing, and you have a beautiful engine in Frostbite. What do you think we should do with that?" And so they brought in Patrick Soderlund, who had basically been uh, uh, the main lead at Dice to kind of, um, kind of basically do what Vince is doing now, which is kind of provide some creative oversight, and that kind of led to Frostbite being kind of the de facto engine at uh, Dice, or I'm, I'm sorry, at EA uh, whole cloth, and that has been kind of reported on as kind of a disaster, right, across the board for most studios outside. Nobody likes it. Well, it's a it's it's an engine built for first-person shooters, so when you make it for a racing game or for Dragon Age, turns out it doesn't really run very well. Um, but basically, I mean, I guess I guess my big thing here is that this is basically the same respawn and Vince are basically the same trajectory Patrick Soderlund had when he went uh, and, and gained favor. Uh, uh, at EA. So I guess I'm just kind of curious to see, is this EA actually learning their lessons uh, from, from going all in on, a, on an in-house engine? Um, I, I'm kind of just steamrolling here. I guess I just want to know what you guys think about this. It feels like big news to me as somebody who's played a lot of EA games this gen. I would argue it's really good news. Uh, Justin, you go first, actually. You were polite. Um, yeah, so up. I was going to agree with Derek. I think it's good news because um, it's no secret that a lot of EA's Formerly Premier Studios have been a mess this generation. Um, it's re it's really shown a lot of poor management all around. Um, Bioware and Dice have been two of my favorite uh, developers ever since I was a kid, and their output has been disappointing, uh, border and 
especially dice recently has been borderline incompetent with their support for battlefield five um and respawn has proven itself to be a really really um well-managed focused studio um and vincent pella is somebody it seems like as soon as he got brought under you know the you know, even though Respawn was under the wing of EA, he was not afraid to stand up to some of the mandates they had about, like, using Frostbite and um, things like that in order to keep his, you know, studio running and on on task. Um, so I'm really hoping this ends up being a good thing for Dice LA. Um, and I hope, you know, some of that starts to trickle down to some of the other studios. Yeah. Well, and like one of the fascinating tidbits in this whole profile is actually not from Vince himself. They're talking to Laura Meal, who kind of runs the, she kind of oversees all of the studios at EA. And she says outside of the sports stuff, they've really had this issue where they're having a hard time building products that are playable and in a good state. They're basically not prototyping fast enough. Um, but what, what Respawn has been so good at this generation is like, hey, how do we how do we adapt to what the market wants and make something that is playable and fun in relational order? And she cites Apex Legends, uh, being like a, a huge part of that um, and kind of one of the underlying things here is like in engines that that respawn has been using such as unreal and modified source engine these are really 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 uh, uh, well used engines that are built for all sorts of games and so that is presumably in, in addition to really great developers at respawn made for rapid prototyping that makes these games possible whereas like at frostbite if you wanted to make a, a game that wasn't a shooter you had to build your tools and then build your game and so, like, basically, it, to me, I mean, everything here is, like, a condemnation of the Frostbite engine and this, like, let's make everybody use the same stuff. Um, I mean, it, it, to me, it signals next-gen uh, DICE and, and EA, more, more so EA, uh, is, is kind of ditching their, their mandate on engine use, and we're going to see developers use what they like, which is obviously a good thing. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. I mean, like, EA, so when I think about my favorite time period for EA... Maybe the only time I've really like had a positive overall opinion of EA as a publisher. Um, I'm thinking back to the time when they were putting out stuff like Dead Space, Dante's Inferno, Mirror's Edge. Um, it's a time where um, Mass Effect. Yeah, Mass Effect was still ongoing. Like, like it was a good time. They were trying shit out, um, and if a game didn't work, they didn't necessarily force sequels. But like, and they, but they were trying. And I think what Mass Effect nowadays, not Mass Effect, EA. I know. Sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm going to cry. But EA is just like, it's sports, it's Battlefield, and, and other, and, you know, the Battlefront games in the meanwhile, which is just Star Wars Battlefield. Um, and reminders that Bioware is not what they used to be. You know, and yeah. and to me, like, um, Respawn oh, has been the one shining, like, beacon of light in EA's. What do you got? Hit me. Uh, no, I think you're absolutely right, yeah. but I think this is cyclical with EA. It's true. I, I think that, they I, do. I think, it was, I think they went Bioware to Dice to Respawn, but, like, what's happening here is, like, it's not there, there's always been talent. I need them, Bioware, right, not Dice, to over-focus on Respawn yeah. because that's what they do is they go, Dice, you are everything we have. And they go, Bioware, you're everything we have. And that studio gets overworked to yeah. oblivion and they can't handle the workload that's expected of them. 
I think and, like I think that's def- sorry just no, to, to build on that I think it's definitely hit dice especially with the whole frostbite thing is because they're not only on tight schedules for making their own games they're also having to do support with studios all around the world uh, at EA that are really struggling with frostbite on top of and I think that's part of the reason that that studio is in the state that it's in. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I to guess, me, I think the ahead. idea of, of, I like the idea of Zimpella being in charge of this other studio that's not just Respawn, because what that tells me is maybe instead of just making Respawn handle way too much uh, that they can't actually fit on their plate. Let's get other studios to maybe reform to have a similar work culture and ethic and approach to respawn. And I think that's a smarter move ultimately because it's not overtaxing one studio. It's instead spreading that studio's kind of culture and ethic um, and their approach to making good games to other studios that have traditionally only been support studios, but I fully believe could put out incredible original experiences if they were given the opportunity and the leadership to do so. Nobody wants to just be a support studio, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much to be excited about um, in this review. I just, as somebody who, like, has basically since 2006 loved everything DICE has put out, uh, and has seen their decline, it makes me nervous because I've loved everything Respawn has put out too. Um, so I'm a little bit nervous, mm-hmm. but I mean, more than anything, I would say, and, I, and I'm happy to hear other opinions on this, but I would say this has actually been an extreme, despite revenue being whatever revenue is, uh, uh, EA has had a really, really rough generation. Like they, yeah. they put out sports games that were pretty much iterative and, and did fine. I mean, it was besides basketball, which never really took off and they canceled this year last minute um they've had kind of a rough year uh or not rough year rough generation uh they haven't done any remasters they go back and forth on if they want to do them or not i think we're actually gonna see them do that now i just i i hope that they can have a stronger more ambitious uh next generation because this this hasn't been it for me i don't know does anybody have anything i'm with you i mean the lack of of a mass effect remaster trilogy when the only acceptable way to play the Mass Effect games right now as backwards compatibility on Xbox One. That's that's not good. The PC ports are junky as shit at the best of times. Um, and there's just no way to play on PS4. Uh, and that's not okay. And that's one of the biggest and most beloved trilogies in modern gaming. And, and, and they haven't done the easy work to... I don't know. Like it just it, it it's frustrating. It's Nintendo it's also, level frustrating. Like it it's also just really strange because it seems like the sort of thing that could buy them some quick goodwill that they are sorely missing right now. Um, and they're just not doing it. It is yeah. something that Derek said earlier made me think. You know, you were listing kind of this, I guess, sort of golden age of EA for lack of a better word, like th- this period when they had Mass Effect going and they had all these other titles. And I was thinking, like, yeah, I haven't heard most of those game names in a, like i forgot that they had anything to do with mirror's edge like just yeah. conveniently because and like, like Dante's Inferno wasn't good but... well but it reminded me and uh, sorry for plugging our yeah. shit again but uh 
my editor, Brendan Sinclair, does this column every month called 10 Years Ago This Month, where he looks at the industry 10 years ago, whatever month it is. And like in last month's thing for December, he looked at some, I guess there was some stuff about like fewer, bigger, better, like the idea of doing fewer games, but doing bigger and higher quality ones. And I, it's a whole long thing. It's worth reading. It's interesting. But it's interesting to look at EA's 2010 slate of games. They had 48 games. And in 2018, they had 12. And granted, probably a lot of those were like bargain bin things. Um, yeah. Like there's a screenshot here of... How many of them are sports games, right? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to... Yeah, there's a screenshot here of something like Create Your Imagination for PS3, My Sims, Sky Heroes, and Family Game Night 3. Like, I mean, that I those don't need to come back. But yeah, <laughs> it's sort of interesting how much a lot not just ea but but a lot of a lot of people seem to kind of be sitting on but i think ea maybe is one of the worst uh, yeah they had uh they had the most games in 2010 compared to any of the other publishers he looked at um and not quite I mean, the least but activision is kind of going in the same direction too with having very Slowly. few franchises that they that they support regularly like call of duty has been continually successful uh, successful for activision but it's kind of yeah. that their big thing. Well, that's part of their big like revamp over the last, like especially with Blizzard, but like kind of company wide, right? Like they were using 2019 as sort of a quiet year to sort yeah. of recalibrate. So, I mean, I guess theoretically we should expect more bigger, different things from Activision this year. But I don't know. Yeah. Call of Duty seems to be doing fine for them, so. You know, while we're kind of on like unless it's the one Derek's playing. Yeah, well, while we're kind of on these like predictions things for what's ea is doing can we just kind of talk about 2020 and also the decade ahead um does anybody i guess i want to throw to john for since he's he's been here john do you have any predictions about what we're going to see this year and, and maybe into next generation um are we talking a specific platform or just in general like are we john talking i want i want to follow your Give wildest hottest takes you take me take me i don't want your hot takes i want your dreams john you want yeah. my you, you, want, you want my you want my wildest dreams Shum, well not your wildest, <laughs> but show me some of your dreams. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, we Square Enix has said in the past that they want they are looking at the possibility of some kind of a subscription service to make their massive backlog of games available. Um I think that if if they don't do that this year, then they are going to start making some of their older library of games more available to people. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means ports, I don't know if that means updates. Um, I don't know if that means the subscription services they have said that they're interested in, but they know that the demand is there. Um, and there is a huge demand for old Square Enix games, a massive demand. I think they are going to try to do what they can to meet that demand in the most reasonable way they can. Um, I just don't know what form that takes. Um, I also think that, you know, hyperbole side, yes, I've said it before, but I do think this is the year of Metroid Prime Trilogy on Switch. I don't know when it's going to be announced. I have no idea when it would be released, but I do know that it exists, and it's been finished for quite some time, and it's literally waiting on a shelf somewhere, ready to drop on Switch. I think it's going to be this year. Uh, I think this year is going to be... I think you're. I do not think... I do not think Breath of the Wild 2 is this year. Uh, I think you're going to get a 3D Mario instead. Um, I th and I whether that's Odyssey two or something else, I don't know. I also think you're going to. I still see think that is just awfully bold of you. I I mean it's I, I feel like it's time. I mean Odyssey came out in night in uh, 1990s, 19 Jesus Christ, I, my mind's all over the place tonight. It came out in 2017. 
at that point, uh, if it released, so did Breath of the Wild. It did. And we have but an announced sequel for that already. It did. It did. We've but, done this one. But uh, in 2017, uh, what it was October that Odyssey came out? That'll be if it yeah. releases this fall. That's three years. That seems reasonable to me. Um, it's entirely possible, Reb, that we could get Breath of the Wild 2 and Mario in the I same year. I think Breath of the Wild 2 is more likely than Mario Odyssey 2. I think DLC? I don't, I think or it's too late for DLC. Or like 3D World or something. I could, that's, that's another possibility. That's what I think is more reasonable. I think a, not, I think a, a 3D, 2D Mario, if that makes sense. It, <laughs> right, so like, so I, I, I would agree, like, I also think, Justin, I think it's a good call. I think a port of 3D World is, is something that is very possible as well. well there's already I mean, one if, of those. Listen, if Nintendo gave no, a fuck Switch, about Mario, though. if Nintendo gave a fuck about Mario, they would There's one of those, right? Fucking... No. Mario Maker, right? No, there's Mario Maker. The last Wii U port, Reb, was uh, was New Super Mario Bros. Wii U Deluxe. That's the one I'm um, thinking. Yeah. I knew there was one of the ones where he could be a cat that was on the Yeah, board. that's... I don't, the, I don't yeah. care about these games. Yeah, there's there's that. Um, I think I think Pikmin Three HD. I think there's gonna be a port of Pikmin Three this year on Switch. Um, I'd play it, John. It, yeah, I, John. I mean, obviously we're getting next gen consoles from Sony and Microsoft this year. Switch Pro? No. Nope. I, I don't think they need it. I, I honestly don't think they need it. Um, Hold off until Switch Two. Yep. Exactly. Yep. But but he, here's the other thing. Nintendo now they are locked into the into the hybrid console format. There is no way they can go back now. Um, so I'd say happens, that if it wasn't Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> like we always have to apply, you know, the Nintendo principle of this is a smart thing to do. So that's why Nintendo won't do it. Um, but uh, I've had people ask if themes are going to come to Switch this year. I do not think they will. I think that ship has sailed. Um, as far as play, I'll just do PlayStation and Xbox real quick. Um, I think that PlayStation 5 will have backwards compatibility with PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, 2, and 1. Um, 4 for sure. 3, 2, and 1 might be a hot take, but it would be a huge way to engender some goodwill. Uh, I think Xbox Series, whatever they call it, the Lockhart, there's the Scarlet. Obviously, they're going with a line of consoles. Um, they're all gonna. You're you're gonna be able to play all the same games on all of the different Xbox consoles. But this is the year that they transition Xbox away from being a box that sits in front of your te television in, into more of a a more universal platform of sorts. If that makes any sense. Uh, already you already, doing it. Yeah, exactly. Right. You you can always you can already play your. That's Xbox not a prediction. That's what they're doing right now. That's an. No, I want I want a bold Xbox prediction now. A bold <laughs> Xbox prediction. That's okay. A Xbox all right. Prediction. Halo is coming to Switch. Which one? Uh, the the Master Chief Collection. All of them? All of it? No. Yep. Just Halo 3. <laughs> Finish the fight. No. Halo, okay. Halo, Halo, the, the Halo Master Chief Collection will hit Switch this year. Um, you've already seen Xbox, former Xbox exclusives hop up on Switch, like Ori and the Blind Forest. I think it's, I, and I, I also, and here's the big one for you, Zach. You want a hot Xbox prediction? Here you go. Game Pass will be available on Switch this year. By the way, I like how both of John's hot Xbox takes were about the Switch. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Listen, the man knows. Game Pass. Like. Game Pass on Switch this year. As far as PlayStation Five goes, I, I other than it being backwards compatibility with all the systems, I don't have any real predictions about that one. I don't know enough about it. it you know, one quick thing, uh, and then I'll throw to somebody else. I, I'll make other predictions later. It's too bad the game is so online focused because I think Sea of Thieves because that game can run on a 
adorable on the Switch. I really do. But it's just not portable friendly enough. It's so online dependent. But it would be a cool game on Switch. That's all I got. Uh, Reb, can you tell me what you think is coming this year? I, I'm really bad at predictions. I don't really do them or think too hard okay. about them. Um, I do I do disagree with John's take that we're never getting a Switch Pro. I, I don't think I would be bold enough to just confidently go, yeah, it's fucking this year. But I do think whether it's a, like an actual, like, extremely upgraded like separate like separate what like a thing they sell separately from like a normal switch and a light or just in a year or two we they start selling a better switch i mean they already kind of did that a little bit but i i do th- i do believe the rumors that there is a switch pro in some form um so i i don't know if we'll get it this year but i i imagine we will get it at, i think this year would actually be a bad choice for it because so. it would make it out to make make it look like they're trying too hard to compete yeah. with like xbox and sony yeah. and i think that would like that this is not the year to do it i i think future years i i could see that like later in the life cycle i think that would make a little more sense um i do think we'll get more this is a boring prediction i do th- i think we'll get a lot more switch like colors yeah and they'll yeah, be a lot cuter yeah they're they're gonna do yeah. like an animal crossing one. Oh, 100% the cutest do, fucking yeah. shit. I'm going to want and it so bad. And I'm not Reb, gonna Reb if they it. drop an animal crossing switch light, like how hard are you going to have to restrain yourself to run out? And I mean, it's not hard when you're a broke ass fucking journalist, but it makes me <laughs> sad. Like, you know, um, let's see. I, yeah, I don't have any super bold predictions. I, I think the one that I've been touting for a while that I think is, I don't know if it's like a known rumor or just really fucking obvious to everyone, but I've been thinking about it for a while. I'm like mostly confident that we're going to see Xbox tie its cloud gaming service to Game Pass. Like, I think that's just the most obvious fucking thing in the world to do. Yeah. Um, I would with a subscription model. And I, every every time I bring this up, some it's like, well, there's a difference between cloud gaming and subscriptions. And what are you actually talking? No, I'm talking about all the fucking shit. I think that Xbox is going to tie a Google Stadia-like service where you don't have to download games. You can just hit the button on the Xbox or whatever you're playing it on and you start playing the game to a Game Pass-like subscription service where if you have this Game Pass thing, it'll be more expensive than Game Pass, where if you have the subscription service, you have access to that library or even a limited form of that library, but still a really big fucking library where you don't have to buy full-priced games like you do with Stadia and you just... When you, as long as you're subscribed, you can play those games. I think that is the most obvious thing to do. I think that they might not do the full Game Pass library because that would be kind of a lot, but I think a limited selection of those games being available and then others being available for like discounts or limited times or things like that. I think basically, I think Xbox has come out with a better fucking model for a cloud based gaming service with a subscription model than Stadia has. I also think, I think my other one is that. I don't know when the fuck they're going to do it, and I don't think they're ever going to fix their PR, but I do think that Stadia will actually end up being sort of okay by the end of this year. Um, I think once they get Stadia base out there um, and people start using it actively um, and have the free version, I, th- I don't think it'll be good. I think it'll be okay. I think the free version will be fine, um, but I guess it's not really free because you still have to buy games. They, I think PR has just dropped the ball like on so many fucking occasions for that service, though, that it's just like a mess. Um, but I think I don't think that what we've seen so far was their end game. I think they it's a very poorly marketed beta, and I think by the end of 2020 or even like early 2021, we'll start to see what it's actually supposed to be. Um, so that's my extremely boring 2020 predictions. And we're gonna get an Animal Crossing this year. Come on. <laughs> Dude, and it's gonna very... be good. It's gonna be more Animal Crossing, it's gonna be better Animal Crossing, and that's my very soon. 
I, Derek? you know, yeah, Derek, no. go ahead, man. No, sorry. John, it's Derek. Sorry, turn. sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Um, all right, so I got, I got a couple things. So I know that, that Reb, uh, I don't want to contradict her at all, and I want. Oh, you can't! I'm fucking stupid. I want to be. I want to be explicit that she's the actual uh, games industry journalist, and I am a, shit, a very dumb gay nerd. But um, <laughs> Stadia is dead this year. I think if Stadia doesn't die this year. Let me put it this way. Stadia is not going to stop working this year, but I think right. we're going to see the 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 dying gasps of Stadia this year because Google doesn't know what to do with it. Google's not going to dedicate the resources to fixing it. Google is a hyper incompetent mega corporation that only knows how to chase its bottom dollar, uh, and Stadia is not going to turn a quick enough profit and turnaround for them, I don't think, uh, for them to care to put resources into it. Uh, maybe I'm just saying that because I'm salty because I live in the one fucking city that they pulled out of for Google Fiber and they left our roads a disaster. Google, you owe us money. Fix our goddamn roads. That I do aside. think, because they had, when, when Jade Raymond uh, was doing all that stuff with announcing studio whatever stuff that they're doing like they were talking about it being a, like a three-year bet to make like they were just starting these games that they're allegedly making exclusively for stadia i do think they stay in it at least that long to like at least try to get that investment to pay off i do not yeah. i think that i i very much i believe them when they say that stadia is a long game for them i don't think it's turning I off don't, i don't i don't necessarily think it's going to pay off at the end of the long game but i don't think it dies in a year i, I think, think by the end of the years. year we see that google stadia is not going to continue past the initial trial run of what three years or whatever like I'm, i think I'm we see of, its death i don't think I'm it dies of, i think we foresee its death Okay. Fair. Yeah. Um, See, I, I think I think we're so much more likely, Derek. I'm not going to take it from you. I just want to. It's good. I think that we're far more likely to see them partner with somebody on the PC platform, or I think this is not very likely, but I think we're seeing Sony up its investment in PlayStation now. I, I Yo, Phantom's I, coming back. The thing that interests me the most is, and I. I I, just, I don't really I, I'm with you in not trusting Google. I just think it's going to take longer for it to play out. I I love I love the vision of Stadia being a thing where triple A games like like the the idea of Assassin's Creed Odyssey being playable and enjoyable on a mobile phone and playable like literally anywhere you can get internet like that that idea that concept is great. However, that's what they started with. That's what they like brought at gdc and they're like look at this shit and then literally none of that has yeah. been like part of what they've offered so far so Practical. far what they've offered is a high no. cost like premium level like service for people who have a lot of money and who are willing to just dump that money into expensive shit and i i just don't i don't know if they have a long game that's going because the, the thing is there are there are publishers and there are there are some in there are a few indie devs who seem to believe in this vision, which I it just makes me curious as to what they have been sold. I guess, and I guess what I'll say too is like the hubris of Google here is like what's really frustrating, which is like, Rub, you're absolutely right, but like Google is not the first far from the first people to have this fucking 
right? Like what what it like what is what I mean I mean uh uh, uh on live was like maybe our first indication yeah. of that it's way ahead of its time. Uh but but I think what's so frustrating about Google is like Google has a super super powerful algorithm. Everything about their infrastructure is set up for them to do really well with this cloud stuff, but they don't actually have the the games to support it, right? Like we just saw them make their first their first acquisition with uh, uh, the developers who are making Journey to the Savage Planet. Yeah, uh, that forgot. was real interesting. Yeah. Which is weird because, like, yeah, the game's still coming to every platform later this year, uh, but like, you're making your acquisitions the year that you are rolling out your platform to people. What are you doing? Like, yeah. It's really, really frustrating because what they're doing is like their services first before they actually have the games for the platform, mm-hmm. but that's counterintuitive of what they actually pitched to consumers, which was, hey, here's 10 teraflops of, of compute power behind all of our games, but also Destiny 2 if you play it today on Switch, it runs at the low settings. It doesn't actually... I guess I'm just frustrated because on the one end, they, they tout to consumers ultra power, but then they also don't have the games to back it up. I'm just... The commercial is hilarious because the commercial is like, look at all these games you can play on yeah. Stadia. And I'm like, list of 20. Yeah. And three of them are so, fucking Tomb Raider. I know. <laughs> so I don't want to hyper-focus um, on, Sorry, on Google. No, this is fine. Sorry, it's fine. Sorry, uh, it's all good. It's all good. I don't want to. I don't want to hyper focus um, on Google, um, although I think much like with OnLive, the problem still comes down to a lack of it being practical for the majority yeah. of people. And in, until something is practical, it's just not gonna break through. Um, I have some other stuff uh, that I have for predictions. Um, I think it's gonna broadly be a very slow year outside of Nintendo. Like if you're expecting a lot from Sony and Microsoft. Um, and what about those launch titles, Derek? Well, that's the thing. I think. Look, I'm smart enough. Derek, I've been we doing enough. We have a ton of games that we know are coming it's out in all like the first next few half. months. It's all first half, though, and I think second yeah. half is going to be normal. very. I think second that's half. Normal. Right, but I Derek, think oh, the second sorry. half is going to be much slower than people are expecting, because I don't think this this like holiday rush is going to be. Um, like, just we've been through enough of these console launch cycles. We know we saw this with PlayStation Three and the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. We saw this with PlayStation Four and Xbox One. A lot of games that get announced this year won't be seen that are intended for launch because we, you know, we assume that they're going to be in the launch window. Maybe won't be seen for years. So don't expect this launch to come with a massive library of new games. Um, I also. What do you think will be the platform sellers for each? I mean, that's hard to say because Sony and Microsoft may. I mean, Microsoft Halo Infinite's this year, right? Or is that no? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. That's a big. That's gonna be a big one. I'm sure Sony has some shit, and I'm I'm sure that Sony's gonna try to sell backwards compatibility as a big part because they got big stuff this year, like Ghost of Tsushima and um, The Last of Us uh, Part Two that. If they have big backwards compatibility patches, they'll be able to say, hey, play this game even better, even prettier on our new PlayStation, and people will buy that because people do that. Yeah, Death Stranding, sure, why not? Call of Duty, for whatever reason, is going to be a big deal, and so will Battlefield. Multi-platform titles are going to sell new systems. This is how it always works, but they're going to be games you could technically play just fine on the current systems. Um, Like... If, if you look at the last several console launches, the actual list of unique, exclusive, only on this new system games, it's pretty small. So don't expect to get hit with a bunch of shit 
Um, I think we're more likely to see a system seller from somebody like Capcom than we are from, you know, like, I mean, not Microsoft because Halo Infinite's going to be a huge fucking deal. But, like, I think Capcom's more likely to make a big multi-plat next-gen system seller, for example, than, like, Sony will, you know? Uh, and only because... But do you think that's coming out, like, day one or early next year? In, like, their, Janu- in like their January months. slot? Anybody who claims to understand what's going on in day one versus the first six months is lying to you. Um, I uh, I will also say, uh, in terms of a very specific game, I have a strong belief that, that Square Enix's Avengers game is going to be a devastating flop. Not because it's a bad game. I think it's actually going to be a better game than most of us are prepared to even admit. Um, mm. But... I, this and, is the spice I'm here for. Yes, Keep it and I think <laughs> I think we're going to be seeing think pieces left and right about why the Avengers game has not done well. And I think the answer is going to be very simple. It's going to end up being their marketing and their pre-release strategy. Um, I mean, we've already noticed that it was really dumb for them to wait this far in to reveal the one really exciting piece of information about the game so far, which is Kamala Khan being playable as, and not only being playable, being the main character of the game. Like, wow, that's why this is different. That's what shakes things up. Um, we've seen very little actual gameplay and very little to actually represent what the standard sitting down to play the game for a couple hours is going to look like people have played it behind closed doors and it's good, but they're not showing it. And it's is just, that different? Is that different than like Destiny was at launch though? I mean, we didn't really, and that game did fine, right? I don't. I mean, they're different games. They're different yeah. games, but I mean, they're kind I of think going for the same thing. Destiny had the advantage. Let me put it this way: I think Destiny had the advantage of being from Bungie. Yeah. Um, and Destiny that's a also big had a huge deal. alpha and beta. Yeah. I played like eighty hours of Destiny before the initial release. Yeah. But yeah, but, yeah, but like, wasn't but, it like in a couple months before? That's what sure, sure, sure. But we're already in the couple months before, and there's no word of anything like that. And the other thing is, again, When's it Bungie, launching? It's, it's coming out in, in, oh, in May. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's coming I, I soon. Really say yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing is, again, like I said, Bungie people have a broadly very, very high view of Bungie that's kind of well deserved. Crystal Dynamics, eh, it's a mixed bag, you know? Tomb Raider. <laughs> Like, you know, and I think they're gonna make a really good game. Fine. <coughs> I think they're gonna make a really good game. I think again, Avengers is going to be a very highly reviewed game that everyone who plays it really likes. It's gonna be Marvel versus Capcom Infinite all over again. It's gonna be a really good game. Wow. And everyone who maybe not that bad, but like everyone who uh. plays it really likes it, but it's gonna flop. Bad. I'm not gonna lie, dude. That's a hot fucking take. It's not a hot take. That's real it's hot, dude. It's gonna happen, um, dude. I mean, dude, you're talking. I mean, dude, we're coming off of Endgame. There's, you know, we're heading matter. into Phase Four. Imran points How? out ulti- it didn't help Ultimate Alliance Three. <laughs> the Marvel brand is not going to sell shit on its own. A license does not sell shit on its own. Not anymore. Not in today's gaming industry. And word of mouth is good, but marketing's king. Is shitty marketing or no marketing whatsoever and exactly. no Exactly, and, and but Imran made, makes another good point right after that. He said Nintendo forgot that existed, and they did. That's yeah. so. And guess what? Fucking Square Enix keeps forgetting that Avengers exists. I think that I think that we're gonna see. So so I'll I'll say this. 
if we don't see some kind of a big ass marketing blitz in the next two months, I might agree with you. We'll because... see. We'll see. It's. It, I don't know. I would gently give allowance for a lot of these things. For we have just had December. It is the beginning of sure, January. Sure, 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 sure. Nobody is marketing anything right now. Nintendo's going to come around with a direct, but, probably mid late January, like they usually had, do. Avengers has had a problematic in terms of their lack of information release. Um, like up through and it's not even like that stuff is NDA'd right people got to play the game and write pieces on it but that's not powerful enough in today's age compared to putting out your own direct gameplay trailer or like developer walkthrough um that's a big deal um look Avengers aside I don't want to stick on that forever I got I got more hot shit ready for y'all oh. um get ready and I hate this I don't want this but it's gonna be not true great. no um, get ready for just to be so fucking tired of discourse about The Last of Us Part 2 and Elden Ring. Uh, get ready for both oh. of those. They're going to drive why, you goddamn crazy. Why Elden Ring? From because Soft. Elden Ring is from Soft. Soft. Are you ready because for the from, difficulty because, conversation? Because, because, because Elden Ring is going to... doing that again? Are you no, ready for people to ask for basic There's, fucking accessibility and will, that yep. to turn into a big, no. I'm a hardcore gamer and I beat yep. games and that's what gives me validation in life. Some <laughs> games some games just aren't for everybody. Hey, yeah. like... George R. R. Martin is involved. His name is on the box. Why is that a good thing? <laughs> I'm not saying that it's a positive. I'm just what if, saying what if Elden Zach, what if Elden Ring turns out to be the actual end of the Game of Thrones books? What if we're what if what if he's gonna end it in the game? Have we considered you know that possibility? What? I'm I'm ready. Yeah. So you know, yeah, Derek, like, Derek, get prepared. I need you to wrap up so sort of No, that's that's what I got. Get prepared for unfortunate amounts of uh discourse. I'm gonna run to the bathroom, love Justin, it. do you love think? The discourse. I hate Justin, talk to me about this next year, buddy. Okay, so I only really have, like, one big prediction, but I am going to say that PlayStation now gets rebranded and relaunched as more of a Game Pass-like service. Um, like, there, it's already moving in that direction, but I think it just hasn't recovered from its, you know, several-year history as being a streaming service. Like, I actually looked up at the lineup of games, and... There's 300 games that you can download and play on PS4 on like like locally, but it still is seen as primarily a streaming service. So I think they're going to kind of rebrand it as a Game Pass like service that also does streaming instead of a streaming service that also has some games you can download. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think they're going to go as hard in on it as Microsoft. Um, I think they're going to continue what they're doing right now, which is where they kind of rotate in and out some of their big heavy hitter titles. Um, like they did God of War and God of War and Uncharted 4 in the fall. And right now they just uh, swapped in uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy. I think they'll continue that. I don't, I think maybe some of their smaller titles might get like, you know, every now and then as just a way of kind of boosting subscribers, be like, hey, guess what? Like something like Concrete Genie side, you might be able to get like day one on their service. Um, but uh, I think um, I think they're just going to, um, you know, have it to say that to be able more to be able to say they had it um, than like going all in like uh, 
like Microsoft is, but um, I definitely think we see that change, and I think we see it relatively soon. Um, I think we're going to get a PlayStation meeting relatively early in the like we did in 2013. Wasn't it in February in 2013, Justin? It was in February. Yeah. Um, I think we probably see very similar timing with a PlayStation 5 review. Um, some more strategic things like, uh, you know, rebrand for PlayStation Now. Yes, Rab. Question for you, Justin. Do you think that Sony returns to E3 this year? I was going to ask the exact same question. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's kind of like my big question right now. Um, so another part of my prediction about there being a PlayStation meeting is I think they're going to go big for whatever that event is. Um, they haven't had a big event since E3 2018, and even that was pretty laid back by their standards. Um, this is going like the fe- I, you know, we see one probably February or you know j- late January, early March, kind of in that range. You know, with the PlayStation Five reveal, but I think they're gonna go pretty big with it um, because it's been so long since they've had an event. And, like, this will be the first presentation with a lot of new execs in charge. Um, it'll be the first time, first one with Jim Ryan in charge. It'll be f- first one with Herman Hulst um, in charge of Worldwide mm-hmm. Studios. First one with Shuhei Yoshida now in charge of Indie. Um, I think all three of those execs are going to want to make statements about what they're doing on top of showing off the PlayStation 5 strategy. So I think... Um, you know, I think they're going to have an event early on in the year. They're going to go big with it. As for E3, um, I don't know. I could see them almost like bringing back PlayStation Experience, but as like a summer event or like an early fall event, like in the lead up to the PlayStation 5 launch, um, if they don't go to E3. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's... I do think that I could see I, I could see it go either way. I I think I could too, and I do think that Sony Sony's decision. I I don't think it'll be like okay. I don't think that Sony deciding to or not to go to E3 will be like the nail in the coffin that kills E3. But yeah. if they do decide not to go, I think it will be. I don't know, maybe like a good punch to the coffin. Like, I mean, if the E three's not doing well, I don't know. E three's not doing well, and I we we've heard it's been going downhill for a while now. Sony not going last year was not good for the show. That said, it was easy enough to look at it and say, okay, they're just taking a year off because they don't have anything. They didn't do PSX or whatever. Also, but if they just commit to not going back, that's kind of big. also, skipping E3, the year of a console launch, I think is a much yeah, bigger statement yeah, than so. skipping like towards the end of the generation yeah. when you already have a lot of titles announced. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and I think I think that holds true whether they totally skip it or whether they skip the actual show show and not do a press conference, not show the floor, but still do some kind of online presentation. I think that's a statement as well because it's saying we can just you know do do the hype machine ourselves and we don't need the ESA's little thing. Um, and I think I think it will be very interesting to see what E3 is this year. I think I think it will be an interesting year to see what console releases do to several dying institutions, including E3. Um, GameStop? GameStop? Yep. <laughs> yeah. If GameStop I, makes it that long. 
I think see, my prediction for GameStop is that it does. I mean, it makes it. They're they're actually. I I have I've entertained the idea. They've uh, done some of the new concept stores down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's not horrendously far from me. I've I've debated going down there to see what the <laughs> fuck those are. Um, but I I do think GameStop makes it, and I think that with the console release generation shift, I think they do see a resurge. I do not think it is enough to save them through to the next console cycle. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I can I I'll just close out. I know we're running long, so I'll. I'll Sorry. No, it's not you, Rab. It's not you at all. Uh, it's, it's nobody. Me. We also it's, have no, fins to go over. It's if nobody. We already... Yeah. So I, I will. It's just, Kirby. I will just be extremely brief. <laughs> I I am actually just super super fascinated with. Um, I know some people are already tired of of next gen, you know, predictions, etc. Uh, I am super fascinated in that window. I think that uh, I think Sony. Uh, has a really good place right now where they they have they have by and large been the the market dominant this generation. I think a lot of people have invested in this ecosystem in this digital ecosystem uh, uh, for over the last seven years. That a lot of people aren't going to ditch that to go to Microsoft, even if Microsoft has a better deal going on. I think that's going to be hard for Microsoft. Um, but I also think that that might put Sony in a hard spot to sell you a PS5 at launch. Um, obviously they're going to have a great platform, uh, and it's going to be a, a great box. Um, but I think that if we look at launch windows and what they've got going on and then rumors around their hardware specs, I think they'll come in with a cheaper box, uh, somewhere between, uh, presumably, uh, uh Lockhart, um, and Series X. Uh, but I think that unless they're, unless they're coming in with like the, the good, like, Hey, we're giving you a lot of power, decent pricing. They're going to have a hard time. Um, I think even if Microsoft comes in $100 more expensive, them being able to say, hey, we're, we're Microsoft, and if you give us $1 a month, you can play all of our launch titles in Game Pass day one. It's already cheaper than buying a PS5 with two launch games. I think I think Sony's going to have a hard time doing much more than saying, like, You're, you've been with us this long. Why get off the ship now? Um, I don't know. I think... I think that Microsoft is going to have a hard time getting people out of that ecosystem. I think Sony's going to have a hard time keeping compelling offers to to kind of stay on board. And maybe those are contradictory points. They probably are. Um, but I don't know. I guess I'm just really excited. Um, I think that I think that Horizon Zero Dawn 2 will probably be much like uh, Infamous Second Son uh, in terms of hitting early next year. Uh, but yeah. I'll just say that I, I am, Zach, I'm more excited about the analog pocket than I am PS5 or Xbox. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's a you thing though. Yeah, hey, it's just me. <laughs> yeah. It's a huge you. That's... Yeah. Did we hit I fins? Oh yeah, let's hit fins. Sorry. Oh we'll yeah. I was supposed to do that. Whoops. Damn it, Reb. Come on. No, I'm sorry. I always forget Finn's stuff and I feel really bad. Uh, I forgot something last podcast of his and I don't remember. Sorry. Anyway, uh, Finn's Finn's predictions were uh, Mass Effect trilogy remastered. I don't hate yep. that idea. That seems no, likely. Sounds good. I hope happen. it happens. About fucking time, honestly. Um, Mother three finally coming stateside. No. Nope. No. No. <laughs> no nope. Um, Halo Infinite is a cross generation title. To which Justin replied, "Halo Infinite is already confirmed cross generation." Uh. More Sony games coming to PC, joining MLB, Death Stranding, etc. I think Dreams. I think Dreams for sure makes I it to see, PC. I hope so. A couple more. I can see Sony being more willing to let certain titles hit PC as well as like I don't think that like Spider Man Two and like Horizon Two are gonna be on PC, but I think stuff like Dreams. Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Legacy titles. There's a maybe possibility. There's there. no way, but it'd be cool. Demon Souls. Yeah. 
Because what's their faces are doing it? Blue, blue, blue point. Blue point. I almost said blue hole. That's not right. <laughs> that's sorry. the that's other pub, That's PUBG. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the other. Anyway, John, sorry. I just got before before we get up. I've just got one question for Zach. Um, and this may have been mentioned earlier. Sorry, my my mind is. I've got a lot on my mind tonight. Um, do we think Halo Infinite is going to be an Xbox launch title? Yeah, for oh, sure. Yes. They've oh, already, it's, it's, it's locked in. It's is, locked is, it, in. is it confirmed? Okay, yeah, I, I, it, I'm not but, aware. But, I think, but I, I think it will be a compromised launch. It's a new engine platform with new tech. I think that the I think the campaign is probably going to be... Eh, I think the multiplayer will be fine. I think it'll be like Halo 5. I think it'll be fine multiplayer in a... Eh, I've heard things about Halo Four and Five, y'all. Like, you don't sound incredibly excited about Halo Infinite, Zach. No, I, I, no, I, I like Halo. Uh, so <laughs> it, it's like it's like me, it's like me and Gears of War, which is like say like I'm gonna like it. I don't know if you're gonna like it. Uh, <laughs> I like the multiplayer. Halo Infinite. Pardon? Sorry. No. What did you say? Nope. I'm arguing with the chat. Sorry. 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 Oh. I should not do that. No. I'm not confused about anything. I'm confused. Okay. I'm confused about a lot of things. Wait, okay. what? What's happening right now? I don't, I don't know, know what's happening. Okay, now I see what's I happening. Okay, all right. We're I, going I off. <laughs> I wasn't looking at the chat. I was just sorry. Listening to the no, that was no. a dumb interruption. I'm no. sorry. No, no it was not. Uh, but no, hey, I think Halo Infinite will be fine. I think it's. Gonna, I think it'll have okay multiplayer. I think it'll get better with patches. I think if you're thinking, hey, maybe they're gonna make a good campaign again. No, uh, but dream. <laughs> Keep that dream alive. Uh, it'll be pretty. Uh, otherwise, just keep playing the Master Chief Collection on your PC, I guess. That's all I have about Halo. Or the Nintendo Switch when it gets game. this year. No. Yeah, I love... No. You know what I love, John? I love playing Halo in 30 FPS. And... I'm just saying. I enjoy let's, only let's, having Halo Reach. Microsoft would bed. never. Folks. They will. Are we, are, we sign, are we logging off? Is that the... I'm tired. We... It Reb, has been Reb, a healthy Reb, first, oh, yeah. first show of the year, folks. Anyway, yeah, welcome back, everybody. Thank you. Thank you again for coming out and supporting us for another year. Um, we're going to do more. Oh, uh, we agreed. Our SCGC's Game of the Year podcast will be on January 16th. It's a regular Thursday night show. It'll probably be a little longer than usual. Um, and I think everybody's going to be there. Everybody it sounds like every every standard member of the, the show. show. It's yeah. like Smash Brothers. Everyone, everyone is So here. not like Maddie, JT, and Gabe, who are usually not on the show itself. No, uh, Maddie said he was in, didn't he? Maddie, Maddie, Maddie said, in? Maddie's in. Holy Maddie's in. Maddie Maddie and Jeff are both in. No, we're all... we, we, we even got the guest stars coming in. No, it's fucking lit, dude. Yeah, it's it's everybody. Everybody is here. Everyone is here. Everyone is here. So anyway, January 16th, SCC will have its Game of the Year podcast. Um, we'll have a normal show like you know we usually do next week. There'll probably be a little more news. Um, but yeah, until then, it's not always We don't always agree, but we always keep it real. Have a good night, everybody. Bahamut Lagoon, Bahamut Lagoon, Bahamut Lagoon. Bahamut Lagoon. Bahamut Lagoon.